When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Everybody, happy Fat Tuesday. This is pre-market prep and man, it's deja vu all over again. It seems like every day for the last three, four days, the overnight market trades down. And then at some point during the day, the market will rebound. And that's what it's doing again this morning. The market is trading down. So we'll see if uh, the second half of that trend continues later on in the day. We're going to recap yesterday's action. Uh, it was a just a buy growth kind of day. We'll talk about Bitcoin. We'll talk about solar. Uh, we'll talk about earnings. We had a, a number of big earnings reports to, uh, last night to end this morning. We had Zoom. We had Target. We had Kohl's. AMC reports tonight. Don't forget that. Uh, so a lot to get to. Ryan Dietrich is today's guest from LPL Financial. I'm sure he will have some great charts for us looking long-term uh, beyond this conflict. So uh, smash that like button. And this is Pre-Market Prep starting right now. This is Pre-Market Prep. No, it's Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile coffee here, isn't it? And Dennis did. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. Everything you need to start your trading day. All right, so I'm being informed that we're having some technical issues on YouTube, but we're still live across the border everywhere else. Mitch, are you getting us live on YouTube? Yes, we are live on YouTube. We're the only on- thing, we're on the wrong stream right now. We're on live trading stream instead of pre-market prep. So oh, I will adjust everything over you're while you guys are watching. You're but just stay me. tuned right here, guys. You'll see everything come on over. Uh, grab the wrong code, so it's on me, guys. Today. All right, all right. Joel, good morning, Dennis. Good morning. Uh, how are we doing? How are we doing? Uh, I'll give you the numbers, and the numbers are down. Down thirty-seven. Handles thirty-three, thirty-one and a quarter. And we right back up to that crazy area. We all know where the resistance is in this market. Uh, crude ripping over a hundred bucks, up five hundred nine, one double oh eighty-one. Uh, gold, that's moving too. It's moving higher. Uh, sympathy trade or chaos trade, that's up 1660 at 1917.50. Silver, that's in the green too, 26 cents at 24630. 
Uh, Bitcoin, if it's ever going to rally, it's going to rally now uh, up 2900 bucks at 44.9, coming up on a very, very, very important level at 45.5. And Ethereum, that's going the same way, not as much on a percentage basis uh, at 29.55. That's up 116 bucks. Uh, Triple I just have to ask you how you still handily support the entire stock market. Until it closes at 8 o'clock. I, I mean, I tell you, man. do I know how much capital you're using to support the industry? Yeah, no, we do. We hold the stock market up and then we quit trading at 8 o'clock and the bottom falls out of it. Isn't that the way it works? Seems like that every day. Is that what happened again last night, too? When I left, S&Ps were flat. And I come back, I go to sleep, I wake up, and it's going down. You guys can't keep the market up without me. It's all my understand. buying pressure holding up the entire market. I stop buying, I stop providing liquidity, and all hell breaks loose. Yeah, it's and me. who the heck? It, they it, should it, pay me two more. Two fifteen in the morning, between two and two fifteen, someone bought this thing near forty four hundred. I don't, I don't, I don't know what or why or who. Well, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't what. I don't know what, what any news? buyers are thinking. <laughs> the people who are chasing anyways. You can't chase, don't chase, please don't chase. You get a second shot. It's the market. Even when the stocks go back up, they always give you a second shot. Case in point, upstart. It was the one that everybody was chasing off the good earnings report at 150. And they look at today, they're like, 157, what are you talking about, Dennis? But you know what? For four days, went back down. It filled the entire gap and gave you another chance. They always seem to give you another chance if you really want to get in. This is the market that you just don't need to chase in. So at, at the same time, and I can't find the show. No, I know, I know, because <laughs> nobody we, can. No, we, we, we start are, over. We Did are. We just live. start over. No, no, we're not going to do that. We are live. Okay. Uh, we are just live. I can't find us either. My dad's going to be going crazy. He can't find us. Okay, you ready? Can I? Can I? Select how me? do we find the show? And this isn't going to help anybody because nobody can hear us for us to tell them how to find the no, show. No, they can, and I'm making sure that everyone has the link. I'm putting the link in the chat right now. I've been putting it in the chat. The problem is the chat. I can't find the chat either. I can't. Find I can anything. find the chat. All right, Dennis. No, see can, see your I'm private message. Sure that everyone has the link. Oops. I'm putting the see your private message there. That's where the show is today. Okay. Different, different URL. We'll fix it later. We're we're, we're gonna fix it later, but we're go. We're, we're still alive right now. All we're right, we're just Can gonna we just go. I'm not reading because I don't know where anything is, so I'm lost. We shouldn't start time. over. No, we are too late. We've gone too far. So let's keep let's keep going here, uh, and let's talk about just yesterday's action. As I said, it was a, just a buy growth everything kind of a day. Whether your growth is solar or um, ARKK type stocks or uh, Bitcoin. It, it was just a one of those days. And I know there are some macro headlines in favor of solar specifically and maybe Bitcoin specifically. But what, what do we make of, of that of, of that action yesterday? You went all over the place there. So solar, Bitcoin. Well, yeah, solar is all growth, though. Solar, ARC, Bitcoin, it's all growth. And it, uh, and, it, I, and I will say I agree. That stuff is all moving together right now. And it's been the play. I mean, I'm going right back to what I said four days ago, one day too early, that if the Fed's not going to be as aggressive, they're going to start buying the, the beaten down high growth tech names. And that is exactly what has occurred. Again, I was 24 hours early on that call. Everybody, uh, you know. 
I, I, I was 24 hours early. I got stopped out on some stuff. I turned around and bought some stuff. The stuff I bought was very good. I'm feeling like selling some of the stuff that I bought for the simple reason is that it's gone up so far so fast. But I mean, ARK, ARKK 5750, up $71 yesterday. That's a quiet little 20% rise in three days. So I don't think you can chase. I just got done saying about the chasing. I think you still are in the same predicament here. Chasing has not been working, and now you're chasing. I mean, yeah, you could say, oh, yeah, ARK was 190, now it's 70, or 170, now it's 70. It's still cheap. Yeah, but it's up 20% in the last three days. So maybe we get a little 50% retracement of this recent pullback. It seems like this is the market that continues to find reasons to sell stocks off. And are we out of the woods on any of this stuff? I don't think so. So I don't think you need to chase. But with that being said, yeah, I think on pullbacks here, I'm adding high growth. And if there was ever a case for Bitcoin, it's right now. I mean, this is, you know, with the situation with people not being able to take their money out of the banks. Shizzy, I completely agree with you. Um, you reached out to me, uh, Twitter follower there. Uh, this is the case for Bitcoin right best now. Case. So Absolute best Bitcoin, case. Absolute This is best. right now. This is as good as it gets for Bitcoin. So Bitcoin should be rallying, and it is rallying, and that's a good thing. So for all the hodlers out there, this is what you need to see. You need to see, to see Bitcoin. Can we bring up a, a Bitcoin chart? Because that's what we're talking about here right now. Yep. Bring up a Bitcoin chart here. Look it's rallying that. significantly, as it should be, because when people can't make withdrawals from the bank, they're going to be like, well, if I had Bitcoin, I could get some money right now. So it does make sense. This is a use case for something like Bitcoin. And I'm not saying I'm not chasing Bitcoin here either. On pullbacks, maybe you're buying it. I've been bearish since 55000 I sold a bunch of my Bitcoin at 55000 I could scalp 10000 if I just rebought 44000 right now. But I think um, I'm not going to – I think I'm going to wait for a pullback here. Plus, that technical resistance in that top right corner looks a little bit uh, strong there yeah, too. Yeah, it's, so. it's big. It's big. Well, I did a, I did a channel check yesterday when I went to, uh, mm. to Walgreens, and um, I asked a young lady if I could pay in Bitcoin. And, and uh, she said no. So it's still oh, that well, not that not readily acceptable there. <laughs> that's good to know. Uh, yeah, that's it. My channel check. Um, we talked about this on at the close show. You know, I mean, yep. it, it. You're right. It's a it's a perfect fundamental uh, reason to own Bitcoin, right? And uh, and then now technically, so the fundamentals, the news is driving it to a level that level is 45.5 that was the level that held up for eons right on the way down we held we held we held it finally cracked and made one run at it in mid-february uh we're back here again so i'll just be keeping an eye on that i like to watch the futures you guys know that well i got rid of my horizontal line so you not only do you need to um to take out that level, but you need to get above it, close above it and whatnot. But uh, there it is. There's a great target for you. And then if you really want to get excited, you know, you get halfway back of that break from 70 to almost 30, you know, that, that takes you, well, hmm, that, that 50% probably gets closer to like 52, 53. So we'll see resistance is there. Let's see uh, if it holds or if it gets there today. Of course, any kind of, um, you know, uh, good news on the war front. Um, not going to be good. Not going to be good for Bitcoin. Well, some of these, yeah, exactly. You've got oil and you've got Bitcoin moving opposite to the, the good news there now because the political unrest, not being able to take your money out of the bank, perfect environment for Bitcoin. So 
The relationships are still there, though, and Bitcoin is still moving with overall growth, but it has its own story going right now, which is going to carry it a little bit farther, and that's what's carried it. I mean, we're 36,000 a week ago, so it's been a big move. It's been a nice move. Um, I'm not chasing that either. Though. How are the Just stocks doing? Are the, are the, st- the like, Bitcoin stocks? Yeah, like MSTR. Yeah, no, I was going to go there next, so it's good. Okay, that go ahead. Here. Yeah, well, like people were asking about the miners, right? Like, like Mara and Riot, right? I mean, those are your those are your two big miners. I think those are your two largest by market cap. So, I mean, how do you approach these guys? I've always said I don't. If you want to own Bitcoin, why not just own Bitcoin? Why own a miner? But, um, I mean, yeah, they're so beaten down. I don't know how you. I guess you could buy them and stock yourself out the recent load. Yeah, I own just... Hive still, and it's been terrible. It was really good for a long time. I sold half of it, should have sold all of it. Um, that's the only one that I do own um, of the miners. I, at the chart, I actually don't mind down here on Hive. HIVE kind of got the double bottom in place here. It's starting to show some life, and obviously it's going to be up to date with Bitcoin. Mara, huge support at 20. So you got a support line there. MSTR, again, these have had such big moves. I think I need a pullback on them now as opposed to chasing these things. But there's some opportunities here um, if you were to get a pullback, I think. I do own Coinbase. That one's been terrible. Uh, not a sloppy, sloppy bot, double bottom because we kind of went through and took it out the 162. We got all the way down to 155. But all of them look like they kind of put in a pretty solid bottom. Whether that eventually gets taken out, we never know. Uh, but again, I still think there's a case here where crypto, or at least Bitcoin, is going to be in favor for a bit because of everything we're seeing in the news. And the story is hot again. So I think on pullbacks, yeah, I think on pullbacks, you may be buying Bitcoin. Wow. Okay. All um, right. SP's trying to get off that low, that low 2250. Nothing there. Uh, the intraday low, it looked pretty bleak intraday yesterday, too. It looked like we were really. Really selling off, but um, that inner day low is uh, forty three ten, and couldn't quite get there yet. Uh, let's see, do we have? We did. No, we didn't have an inside day yesterday, and we're not going to have an inside day today because we've already taken out the high. But it does seem like we're finding a home here in the forty three hundred handle. Of course, it's all over from forty three ten to forty three eighty, back down to forty three twenty, but um. It's settling in. I mean, I think overall, I mean, you look at the, the circumstances here and, you know, I know I see us down 30 handles and know we're down all that from the old, you know, far from the all time highs. But in the back of my head, I'm like, man, this market. Very well, resilient. Yeah. Bounced and I'm going to go out and I know dip. you guys are going to just. there. We what? still got FOMO. FOMO is dead. Three days ago, it came back with a vengeance. The FOMO is there. They're buying the, those stocks. I think you're buying risk assets on the pullbacks. So, again, I, I've said this already. I don't like the response, but the oil stocks did break out and make new highs yesterday. So, that's good news. It's been yeah. slow. It's been a tricky market. I mean, it's not just this market that, you know, it's going to chop everyone up. So, if you're using any type of risk management techniques, you're probably getting stopped out on a lot of trades. And that's tricky because I like I'm disciplined. I like using risk yep. management. But the, the the ranges are so wide, you gotta widen the stops too. So if you don't like losing as much money, you gotta decrease your size and widen the stops. The only way you're not gonna get stopped out on everything here. Because the moves are wicked. I mean, and maybe we should go to Target this morning. Before we These do are that wicked, wicked moves even I, I, on I, I, Before we do yeah. that, I just want to throw something out there. 
I hope everyone I hope everyone's sitting down with this. Wait, I was talking wait. about this with the buddy. Okay, I'm sitting down now. What if that forty one hundred low last week? Okay. Sure. Let me go to the S and P. Yes, please. What if the forty one hundred low is the new twenty two hundred? Wow. I can't even believe you're having this conversation right now. So you mean like that was the blowout? I can't even believe. Somebody's saying. I can't even believe that that if I could just play you a clip of three days ago. I I said if. If. I said what if. I didn't say There's the possibility. Let's play out two scenarios. One is it continues to escalate over there and a lot more people die. And it starts to get threatening to other countries. That is the negative. The, the, the that bad. won't work. The, the positive scenario here is that it de-escalates. Talks get somewhere. Maybe they don't join NATO. Maybe there's some compromise or something like that. And Russia backs off. I don't know if that's happening. But if that was to happen, you could see all-time highs in the market. If the, that the war was to somehow, you know rectify itself and i don't think it's going to happen either do i that's the scenarios and that's all that matters here right now so we can use technicals as much as we want just like i said yesterday but this is a headline driven market and we don't know what the next headline is i mean the nuke talk scared the hell out of the market yesterday but then they turned around and they bought them up anyways so the market called putin's bluff and we don't know if he's bluffing we don't know if he's not so all i can do is just trade the chop by buying dips, selling rips, until further notice, and being careful that I'm hedged overnight because I don't know what the overnight ex- next headline is going to be. That's how I'm approaching it. I, I'm, I'm not going, taking on myself off the 35% cash because I like the technicals for the simple reason is I don't know the next step. So I don't know what's in Putin's head. And he's erratic right now. He back into a little bit of a corner so it's a little bit scary so that that it's all that's all that matters right now is ukraine before we move on to earnings i want to talk about these russian etfs for a second and there are a couple of them and if you're buying a russian etf you need to know what you're buying right now because there are a handful of them there's sure. the, there's the rsx there's the leverage one from direction rusl there's the erus which is from iShares. um these etfs are functionally broken right now Okay, they are broken products. And what I mean by broken is that they're not trading off of the net asset value of the underlying assets. And the reason they're not is because we don't know what the net asset value is because the Russian stock market is closed. In the case of the RSX, uh, RSX holds a bunch of Russian, uh, Russia-based companies that actually are listed in London. There, and those depository shares, the, the what, what the RSX holds is depository shares in London, which are basically carbon copies of the primary shares in uh, that, that are listed in Moscow. Now, Moscow is closed. Markets closed yesterday, today. Who knows when it's opening? With the, with the London shares, the depository shares in London, having no frame of reference, it basically creates... A, a guess. The, the, the London shares are trading at what the market is guessing they are worth, and the RSX is 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 trading off of that. So you're, you're trading off of a guess. So yes. whenever yeah. whenever the Moscow stock market opens again, uh, there's going to be a re- 
a ridiculous arbitrage because we don't really know what these companies are worth. We, the market's guessing. That's for RSX. For EU, for ERUS, that's the the black the iShares product. ERUS um, or iShares or BlackRock, whatever, same thing. They're halting redemptions in the uh, BlackRock is. They're halting redemptions in their mutual funds and in their Russian ETF in ERUS. So the the product is is, is broken. It's still going to trade because that's what ETFs do. They trade, uh, but it's 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 broken. The creation redemption process. Is well, they turned it off for now. Is, yeah, it's, exactly. They turned it off. Uh, now, at the same time, I just saw a, I was looking at the flows, and there are a lot. There's a lot of money flowing in by the dip. Like, like the RSX, the RSX has taken in 382 million dollars in the last week. Okay, that's a lot of money for our. It's, for, the, it's probably from all the uh, Russian bank. I don't know. Who it's buys. from everybody. You know who's putting them. Robin People Hood? see stocks go down that much. They're like, I got to buy that. It's natural. We've had this conversation. This is natural behavior. You know, this is what people do that, you know, aren't into the markets or are just on the side markets. They see something down big. They naturally want to deal. They want to buy it. There's literally things collapsing and people can are so excited to get in there. It's Vinny, not widely owned. Vinny so says, it's gonna. It's not like this is a huge investment vehicle that a lot of yeah. people are getting slaughtered on. Wait, wait. You know, what is the overall like? Can, can do we have like a market cap, cap on RSX? Or uh, well, Vinny says he saw that Korean day traders have been buying RSX, which I, I didn't see. But I, I, I'm sure but, there's lots of people with FOMO thinking, "Oh, it's gonna bounce back once this war is over. It's gonna bounce back." And you know what? Some of it might bounce back a bit. But man. If you're too early on this trade, you know, look at RSX. It was 25, then it was 20, then it was 15. Now it's eight. I mean, if it bounces back, it's at 11. If you bought it at 20, that's not doing you any good at all. So I, I personally am not buying any dips in something that is this many unknowns. But people like taking risk. They, they buy lottery tickets that they have almost a zero percent chance of winning every day. RSX is like a lottery ticket right now. I don't know if you're going to win. It's going to bounce eventually, but is it going to bounce back to 20? I don't think so. And then you have RUSL, which is a completely different story. And this oh, is a cool story, too. That adds a whole other wrinkle to this. They're shutting her down. So this is actually press release from the pro in the pro last night. RUSL. Bring it up, Spencer. Yeah. Direction. So they can see so, it. It happened at 6.55 last night. Press release from Direction, who well, obviously is the company that is in charge right. of RUSL. Yeah, they our, are our closing... Industry the fund and liquidating it so i don't know what they're going to be able to get for the holdings but obviously investors are are, are thinking it's going to be a hell of a lot less it is down 50 percent this morning our usl because they are closing the fund and liquidating it so that you. is a little bit harry harry turkish is buying he said he bought some at 886 with the scale Every one point down. So I'm well, asking, what are, you, what are you buying, Harry? You're buying. We don't know what you're, you're buying, buying. A basket. Harry doesn't know. You're, you're, you're buying buy a basket. Mine, but... No, hold on. He's buying a basket of of stock. Well, of, of he's buying pot. RSX at least. He's buying a basket of depository shares that derive their value from a market that is not trading. So, what? What is, what is a share of RSX really worth? We don't really know. We don't really know at this point in time. <laughs> it could be worth 10 or whatever it is priced at right now. It could be worth way Once more. Once they reopen the stock. Or way less than that. How, how do you know? You don't. 
it's against it's much better to buy RSX than RUSL though, because oh, yeah. RUSL is liquidating. So and you're liquidating into a market that's not open. Yep. Which is really, really scary. And just how inefficient this market is, and I know we have a lot of people calling for let's reinstate the uptick rule. You know, I've heard this for oh, years. Sean, I'm it, telling you right now, Sean is chopping at the bits, Dennis. He wants to reinstate to go, the uptick rule. He wants does to go Sean out, realize, yeah. and I've tried to explain this too, that we have an uptick rule. The uptick rule was reinstated in 2010, more stringent than the original one, but only goes into effect when a stock or ETF falls 10% in one day. RUSL is under the uptick rule. Right now, the alternative uptick rule is enacted. The restriction is in place. And this ETF was trying to go down last night. It was When this news came out, I don't know where it was. It was nine. And what happens is you got the bid. But under the new alternative uptick rule, you can't even short on an uptick if, there's, if it's not on the bid. You can only short above the bid. So you cannot hit any bid. Even if the bid is an uptick, you still cannot hit it. The rule is much more stringent than the original uptick rule for that reason. Because in the old rule, if the uptick, if the bid was an uptick, you could hit it short. But in this case, you can't hit any bid. You have to short above the offer. And if you look last night, you'll see the slow crawl down. It took hours for this ETF to try to go down because nobody could hit the bid except a natural long. That's the only person that could hit the bid. So you have people buying on the offer that are buying something that has to price a lot lower. Very, very, very inefficient. The uptick rule always created a bunch of inefficiencies. It's like, you know, all of a sudden when you had the tick, everybody gangs up on the offer. Do you remember this, Joel, back in the day? And yeah. the offer goes huge, and there's just the bids because everybody's trying to get short, but they can't. And then a natural hits it, and it goes like this, and the bigs are they're still trying to short it, and they go down. This took over an hour last night. People who bought at eight, seven, they were buying a price that wasn't priced correctly. This is how the this is how market structure can make people lose a lot of money because anybody who's coming in buying RUSL last night at seven fifty or seven or six fifty. We're uninformed because the offer was so dang big, it was still trying to go down. It could not go down because of the tech. The shorts know it's going down. The shorts are the informed players out there. But they, Believe me, anybody who shorts stocks, for the most part, the, the market makers are fairly informed. So anyways, nobody hit the bed. And the thing took over an hour to ugh. try to price down to where it wanted to be. Very, very inefficient market regulators, if you're listening to this, the short, the alternative uptick rule, the old uptick rule, all it does is create market inefficiencies. It doesn't solve any problems. It's And Kramer has called for it too. People who don't understand market structure are calling for this. This is completely absurd to want to have a stock or an ETF be priced, it be mispriced for over an hour last night because the shorts can't take it to where it needs to be. Now it's priced where it needs to be. You can easily get shorts on. It's not like a bazillion shares on the offer walking it down. But that's what they did in the old days. The bazillion shares show up on bad news, and they're trying to walk it down and trying to get it down. We got rid of the uptick rule. Efficiency existed. Prices repriced. Now we put the alternative uptick rule back in because of political people who you know are listening to people who don't understand market structure. And all of a sudden, we have the same problem again, where stocks can't price to where they need to go. Yep. That's my rant. The uptick rule is stupid. 
Stupid, stupid rule creates market inefficiencies, solves no problems. People think, oh, because an uptick rule exists, then there's going to be no bear raids and the shorts stop these shorts from shorting your stock. The shorts make things priced efficiently. Is it fair to the person who bought on the offer last night at $8 on RUSL? I would think, you know, you want the thing pricing efficiently all the time because the person who doesn't understand it, maybe you can say, well, they deserve to lose money if they don't understand that. But the majority of market participants probably don't even know an alternative uptick rule exists. So they think that when they're buying it at eight, they're buying it at a fair price. It's five now. So the poor people who were buying it at eight last night were buying it when it would, would have probably traded right down to five last night, almost instantaneously. But no, it took hours to go down. Uptick rule just creates market inefficiencies. That's my rant done. All right. And I, I, that was a good I, one, Dennis. That was a good one. I, I, good. I've heard it before. I mean, and the people, uh, Dennis does his homework on this, folks. So you, if you want to, you know, if you want to, this, it's facts and he sees it, you know, in the markets like every single day. So it's, uh, you know, okay. But anyways, I, I, I equate myself to like a, a line worker building a car. And you have people who design cars and they do a pretty good job. But sometimes you got to go ask the guy who's putting the car together if this is the most efficient way to do it. And a, a lot of times you just have people who have, just have concepts. And, you know, they come up with concepts and, you know, and yeah, then they apply them to the uh, line. And the line's industry. like, well, this doesn't make any sense. This is slowing me down. Well, ask Lucid. the line workers. We are the line workers. The market makers and the traders are the line workers. And, you know, when you make hundreds or thousands of trades a day, you can see what works and what doesn't. But you have politicians or academics that have never traded a stock in their whole life trying to make the rules for the market makers to follow when they should just go down and ask the market makers what works. But this this is the nuts and bolts. This is how it works. But they're trying to make you sometimes put, you know, a square, in, you know, into a, you know, a circle and it doesn't fit. So that's what you need to understand. You know, you're a retail trader. Maybe you don't need to stand the nuts and bolts. But when you have Jim Cramer on there, restate the uptick rule. This is what we need. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's never been a market maker in his life. He ran a hedge fund. It's a completely different thing. Ask a market maker if you need an uptick rule. They say it's ridiculous. There, so a, I'm out. That's my con. That's there was a comment opinion. in the chat that Dennis reminds me of Jerry Seinfeld. I can't tell if that's a I don't know about that. Compliment. But uh, the last thing I'll add on this, and then we'll, then we'll move on. And I saw so, a few questions in the chat. Someone said, "Is uh, if I can pivot it back to the the." ETF conversation. Is this like buying oil when oil went negative? No, it's not. It is not quite the same thing. If you're going to buy any of these Russian ETFs or any Russian stock that trades either on a U.S. exchange or trades OTC in the U.S., understand you're buying an instrument that reflects something where we don't know the underlying price yet. Understand that you can buy whatever you buy whatever you want to buy, right? But like, if you're going to buy like, like Gazprom, for example, right, the Russian national um, energy conglomerate, whatever state-owned energy corporation, they're not. It's not trading in Russia. It's trading in the U.S. because that's what depository share does. But it, the U.S. security derives its value from a security that is not trading right now. So we literally do. It, you're buying. It's basically kind of like a dark market. You don't know what the fair you don't price know what is. you're buying. You don't know what you're buying. So if, if, if you understand that, then fine. Go for it. But you don't know what you're buying. Okay? And make sure you understand that before you buy. That you're just taking a shot. Yeah. 
and and that shot might work, but it might not work and, as well. And understand there are risks. Like it, it is possible, not likely, but possible that the U.S. exchanges could. I mean, actually, it's not possible. They, they already did it. The U.S. exchanges halted trading in a bunch of a bunch of Russian stocks yesterday. The OTC markets are a little bit more liberal in 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 their rules, but there's depository risk. There's like risks of the. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Depository bank here like you don't understand it's complicated stuff so all i'm saying is if you're going to buy any russian-based stock or etf equity whatever understand you're buying something without an underlying price and that is scary very scary very scary all right uh, it's- uh before you move on um we got to mention that it's uh it's fat tuesday right and yes the punch keys in the office i saw that yes so. there I, I brought some okay you missed right. them. We just got to get um, that in today. They're already gone. Uh, it's 832. We're going to have Ryan Dietrich on in, in two minutes, but let's just do like one, one earnings, stock. One earnings report. Target. Are you on? Okay, fine. I was going to do Zoom, but let's do Target. Target had earnings this morning. Wow. Uh, I was at Target over the weekend for the first time in a long time, actually. Um, and the earnings, the, the numbers this morning were really, really good. Well, the, the bottom line was good. Top line was was more or less in line. It was a, a smidge light, but the earnings per share three dollars and nineteen cents versus a two dollar eighty six cent estimate. They expect re- digital revenue growth in the low to mid single digits for the year. Uh, I have not looked at the stock at all. I don't know what it's doing. Oh wow, look at that! Oh, yeah, not gone. Blast off mode. Um, this is what we see every single day. We see a stock up 10, 15%, a stock down 10, 15% in some of these stocks or stocks you wouldn't think could go up 25 points in a day. I mean, we're just in a very illiquid market. And there has been earnings plays where stocks went way more than their expected moves. Remember, we always talk about expected moves. This earnings season, we have seen some stocks exceed their expected moves by a significant amount. So the market makes it a little bit scared to just short it at the expected move. That has historically worked very well. What was the expected moving target? I guarantee it wasn't 25 uh, points. There's no way it was 25 points. Throw me under the bus here. I bet you it was 10. Hold on. I can do it. Uh, 15%? No, no, no. no? There's absolutely maybe. no way that. Guaranteed not 15%. I, I, I mean, 230. I mean, it, it. obviously the pre market high is higher oh, than points. that. At 15 points. 15 points. 230. Which is significant, right. too. All right. Pre market high 32.30. I mean, will we get up there? Maybe. I would be, you know, I'd use that as a target. It looks like uh, 220 is holding as uh, temporary support here. Uh, so I'd say 220, 230, early trading range here. You get above that 230, 230. And uh, what's else? Your next double top is at uh, 235. So there's a couple targets for you. Uh, and let's just briefly, while we're here, let's just do Kohl's because you know, if you're going to do target miles, we'll do Kohl's. And then we'll bring Ryan on here. They had earnings this morning as well. EPS beat, sales missed, guidance for the year in line and they're raising their quarterly dividend from 25 that filled the gap from 25 no one told me 
from twenty five cents a share. You could have bought 50, that, Joel. They doubled all the possibilities of a you know take it private thing. They doubled their dividend. I was trying to say. Jesus Murphy. The, the, I gotta you know watch what? more the stocks here. When I buy a stock like Kohl's, I think it could. I think there's a reopening trade here. I think that there's the possibility that there could still be a takeout. I mean, its valuation is cheap. They're doubling the dividend. Uh, again, not responding well to the earnings whatsoever, and that is a concern. So I think maybe it'll see what happens here after the open. But and it's really chopped around on this earnings report as well. I mean, it was down, it was yeah, up, it was kind it. of all over the place. I actually took it short into the report because somebody was willing to pay fifty-seven dollars last night, and I was like, "Well, it's a buck and a half lead. I'll try it." Um, and then I was able to get out right on the report, which um, just around so I'm already out, so I can freely talk about it. Small position, there wasn't a lot, but um, I, I actually don't mind the report. I don't mind the company. But I don't love that it's not responding that well to it. But maybe it's just a tough tape today. Yep. All right. Let's bring on Ryan Dietrich uh, from LPL Financial. He's their chief market strategist. And uh, he always has a nice long-term perspective on things. And uh, if you need an endorsement, look no further than our chat where Thad Thadder just said, Ryan Dietrich, my go-to Twitter, read every tweet. I don't know if I read every tweet, but I read, I read a lot of his tweets. So. I do. So, hey, Ryan Dietrich, good morning, sir. Well, I got to thank my aunt for that kind comment. No, <laughs> no not my aunt. But thank you for that. <laughs> hey, Ryan, before before we get to uh, the markets, mm-hmm. um, I just want you to, you know, your Bengals did a great job. You went with your mom, right? I think I saw that um, on Twitter. You took your mom to the Bengals game. And- well, no, a little different. So, I moved down to Charlotte in Cincinnati, and she flew down to Charlotte to watch the game okay. with myself okay. and her grandkids. Um it was it was a fun ride. You, you know, I'll never get over that last play where Joe Burrow, if he has a half second left, Jamar Chase is literally wide open for a game-winning touchdown. Yeah. But it is what it is. But it was, it was but pretty it, amazing. It, yeah. I was torn because, you know, I have people like you, you know, in Ohio and, you know, not a big L.A. fan. And, yeah. you know, and I have some other good buddies from there. But then on the other hand, I never want to see anybody in Ohio happy. <laughs> Right. So it it was rough, but um, anyways, we can get you on to talk football here. Right. We got you on to talk about the markets, and you must have had to be digging deep into your war chest here uh, to give us an assessment of this market. So I'll let you uh, I'll let you take it away. All right, let me share my screen here. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, this should work. I think it's working. I, I, you guys I, see I, that? I, I saw you tweet this morning about the month of March usually being a positive month, but. Let's yeah. back up for a second. Simple. I love simple. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, is it really that simple is the question that I have here. You know, clearly we can't minimize what's going on. And you, every morning you wake up, it feels like it's getting worse and worse. But from a purely investments point of view, you know, we went back and I think there's 37 there. Don't, don't, you know, don't, don't check me, but I think it's 37 different geopolitical events. And it is what it is, guys. If you're not in a recession, stocks are up like double digits a year later. If you are, they're down 10%. So, you know, some of these events actually caused recessions, you know, or you were already in one. Um, so it's very simple and we do not see a recession. I know, you know, this crowd probably wants a little more, you know, more tech and technical and small term uh, ways to look at it. But this is a big picture view. Historically speaking, if you avoid a recession, as terrible as the things that are happening are, 
it, this big pullback, and honestly, you could argue bear market, right? You could argue bear market for a lot of people. It potentially is actually more of a, um, a, a buying sign and not something you want to worry. Now, you mentioned March. Here you go. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those, again, it is what it is. Good riddance to February is what I say here. But, you know, March um, in, a, in a midterm year is the fourth best year. Uh, the last 20 years, the fifth best year. It is skewed, yes, because there was that little little joke 12 percent drop in 2020 so if you throw that out march is actually had some pretty good performance overall you know march april strong then you get the summer choppy months then the end of the year but the big picture thing guys that i really want to focus just a minute on we knew coming into this year it was a midterm year we know it midterm years usually aren't that great early and what i'm sharing this is a breakdown of all 16 quarters on a four-year presidential cycle what do we know well, early in a midterm year, things usually aren't that great. You can see that the next quarter. So that's starting next quarter here in a month. Um, that's the worst quarter out of all 16. All right. And, and you know, it's not an excuse. It's just one of those. Let's just be aware of where we are in the cycle. The good news. And let's bring some good news. The good news is usually once you get close to the midterm elections, get through the midterm elections and the uncertainty that they might bring, you tend to have some really strong performance. So those are some big picture things that I wanted to share. Maybe one more, guys, and then we can jump into Q&A if you want. Sure. Um, you know, down the first two months of the year. Right. Just happened. I mean, what does it mean? Well, here's the chart. Um, and you know, we were just down the first two months, at least for the S&P this year. The last couple times, you've got 2020, 2016, and 2009. Terrible starts to years, but the rest of those years are really good. You go back longer term, though, you guys can see that see it there. The final 10 months, there's been some, some negative returns. Again, some of those worst years, though, 73, 74, 2000, 2002, those were, you know, bubbles popping or bear markets, right? I'm sorry, not bear markets, uh, recessions. So, again, we don't think we're in a recession here. I mean, you look at the, the data we've been seeing, it's pretty strong. Um, so these are just things to be aware of that this rough start to the year is as aggravating as been for a lot of longer term investors. I serviced more than 20 or nearly 20,000 advisors. I wouldn't say blindly buy and hold. But again, you know, for longer term investors, this has been aggravating and frustrating, especially when you look at bonds haven't given you any protection. Um, but but just be aware that there could be still some opportunities uh, it's longer term the rest of this year, if not further. So I'll shut up for a minute and you guys can fire away. Well, it's kind of intuitive in a lot of ways, Ryan, right? Because uh, it's almost as if the like, you know, the, the, the Russian Ukrainian war thing has uh, has it's taken over. But it's not as if the the, the prior uh, market threat of interest rates has gone away. It hasn't. Right. Maybe it's lessened a little bit, but it hasn't. Certainly mm -hmm. hasn't gone away. So if, if if I was to be afraid of that a month ago, I should still be afraid of that today. Mm -hmm. You know. You know what I mean. So yeah, I do. You also. I mean, I saw just this morning, right? The chance of a fifty basis point hike in March is down to like two percent. Remember, it's ninety five percent. A few. It's like one of those sports games where the you know the the, the ESPN <laughs> predictor who wins, who loses, yeah, gets yeah. volatile at the end. Um, but, but that's true. But again, I we're in the camp. Whatever was said, eight nine hikes this year. We said, ah, let's kind of hold off. Now we didn't know Ukraine Russia <laughs> yeah. was going to take place, but you know we think, yeah, hikes are coming. And let's not forget though, you look at the last seven interest rate hikes with the first one in the cycle. A year later, stocks were higher, six of them. You guys go back the last five times the Fed did hikes, okay, back to 1990, the first hike in a cycle is what I meant to say. Every single first hike was 25 basis points. We just kind of knew that. We said, ah, they might go more slow and steady, and it, hikes are coming. They have to slow down inflation and take their foot off the pedal of the metal. We know that. But, again, we were skeptical, eight, nine hikes, seven hikes with 50 basis point hikes to start off. That, that's kind of off the table. So you could argue what's happening in um, geopolitical events maybe could bring the Fed back a slightly more dovish. 
and maybe that could be another potential positive uh, down the road. You know, one other chart, guys, I want to share real fast. Just the idea of recessions, um, you know, and, and, oh, I'm sorry, bear markets. The idea of bear markets, right? I mean, you can have a bear market without a recession. We've only had one like the last 50 years, though, in 1987 um, when we had the crash without a recession. So these big picture things that I know, 98, 2011, and 2018 all were like down 19. I was going to ask you about 2018. It was yeah, like- I mean, down 19. But the key concept, again, it didn't go down more than 20. Or it was right there, like intraday maybe was there on that um, Christmas Eve low. But again, that's about as low as it gets if you're out in a recession. So that's important to remember, which brings us to this. I went back to 1980, found all the 10 to 15% corrections. Again, no one knows when this market's going to bottom. We do know we just had a 12% uh, correction on the S&P though, and sentiment's pretty lopsided. So in this range, check out a year later what happens. I mean, really up 20% um, on average and two years later, good. So again, these are just different concepts of ways to look at it. We knew this would be a volatile year. We knew the Fed was going to be hiking. We knew the the economy is going to be slowing. Um, You know, So those things we knew, do we really think we'd have this bad of a start? No. Um, But we expected a 10% correction at some point this year when we only had a 5 percent correction all last year and again if the economy is still healthy like we think it is uh this chart right here is a pretty powerful one i think for um investors that have you know more of a six to ten month six to twelve month horizon we're on the line with ryan dietrich he's a certified market technician over there at lpl financial uh first of all uh love your quote here dennis or uh, ryan and dennis i know you're going to use this one in the future uh it's from yogi Berra. It's yeah. tough to make predictions, especially about the future. And uh, that's certainly that situation yeah. we're in now. But what I want to ask you back, and I don't I don't know how deep you dug into those. You said 39 geopolitical situations. Totally here. here we go. Yeah. I think 37, but yeah. Close 37. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. does, I mean, what is like the closest one to this one? I mean, mm-hmm. this is. This is the big kahuna. I mean, is it, you know, including World War II? I mean, because we've had so many skirmishes over, you know, the last century, geopolitical Mm -hmm. events, the Cuban Missile Crisis and stuff. Do you have something that, you know, equates to currently what we're facing here? Great question. And I mean, potentially the Iraq war, right? When Iraq invaded Kuwait, we saw a massive spike in oil and that caused a recession in late 1990, as as we remember. So again, no two times are the same. But what's unique about this is, you know, Russia invaded Crimea and Georgia. Everyone was upset for a while and this kind of got over it. I hate to say that, but that's honestly what kind of happened. This, what are the four most dangerous words, right? This time is different, said Sir John Templeton. This time is different. I don't think the rest of the world is just going to back off and be okay with whatever this, how this ends. People were upset with Russia, clearly, for a lot of right reasons. And so this time is a little different. And the impact of that, look at Germany. I mean, Germany might be in a recession as we speak. If there's some hardcore impacts on Russia, and there are going to be, and there should be, that's going to potentially impact Europe. And again, with, with the money that we run, almost $75 billion, we had a team meeting just yesterday. All right, we're, we're still overweight U.S., and we're talking about maybe downgrading developed international because the fallout from, from the potential sanctions to Russia uh, could impact clearly at least Western uh, Germany, specifically Europe. And that's a big part of, uh, of Germany's big part of Europe. So that's kind of how we're seeing this play out. But again, um, no two times are the same. But you know, investors need to remember if the economy can avoid a recession, and we think it will, it's still probably an opportunity for longer term investors here. I mean, it's just, you know, good to have somebody like you on the show every once in a while here, Ryan, because we can get caught up in the short term trading. I'm a short term trader, you know, and flip flop opinions a lot, obviously, you know, as you know, I get new information in, but just to sit back, take a longer term approach. And sometimes that's what you need to do as a longer term investor is maybe ignore all these risks and just say, hey, 
you know, it's going to be okay. And what you're kind of yeah. telling us is in all likelihood, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, you know, you get these opportunities mm-hmm. that present themselves and they seem to be buying opportunities in the long run. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't say, I mean, I love, thank you for agreeing there. I wouldn't say like ignore the worries because we're not, we don't want to do that. We want to be aware of them, but just be aware that things are there. The last chart, I think I actually shared all the charts I brought guys. That's cool. Last chart. This is just what a midterm year usually looks like. Well, it usually is down the first couple months. Guys, as of October, I think it's fourth or fifth, the S&P 500 on average in a midterm year is negative for the year. Then you have that big end of year rally after the midterm election. So again, just things we knew coming into this year that are, you know, not playing out exactly. We didn't think, again, stocks be down quite this much, but some weakness early. And I know because of, you know, the, the flip with the with the um, more hawkish Fed and what's going on geopolitically. But for whatever reason, midterm years are kind of weak early and that's playing out once again. So let's get closer to that at the midterm election, maybe get through some of the concerns with the Fed and clearly geopolitically. And maybe we can have that uh, strong end of year rally in stocks in our view are still still fairly valued at 5,000. Feels like a mile away up there, but honestly, we still it can happen this year. Oh, man. All right. Ryan Dietrich, Chief Market Strategist, Senior Excellent. Vice President at LPL Financial. Always a pleasure. Ryan, um, uh, tough game on Sunday, man, with the Buckeyes. I, I feel really bad for you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Well. And uh, great stuff as always. I am a Xavier fan when it comes to basketball, and we're falling oh, apart forgot. there. So I'm Damn falling it. apart. Yeah, I, I like <laughs> Buckeye football. I don't know if that's legal or not. I like Buckeye football. I Xavier forgot. Basketball, so. uh, All yeah. right. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Ryan. All right, guys. We'll see you. Take care. Right. Thank you. Bye bye. Oh, man. Great stuff. Wow. As what always. a ton of information there. So- he comes prepared, man. Like on the prepared list, he's right up there near the top of all our guests. You know I'm probably the least prepared. <laughs> I just come in and wing everything, but man, you know he's who prepared. he's up there with? Um, Eric, Eric Kroll. Eric Kroll. Yeah, Eric yeah. is prepared always too. Um, and who was the who's the girl we had? Like, a oh, month Cameron. Ago? Yeah, she was prepared too, man. She rocked it as well. Yeah, triple dead yeah. heat for first. Yeah, we I got know, like our most prepared list. Those three be right near the top. Uh, let's do some more earnings here. Let's go to Zoom. Uh, they reported last night and a uh, bit of a disaster here for Zoom. Uh, what a wild ride. They, yeah, yeah cool. right. No, no kidding. So the earnings per share for last quarter above estimates, whatever. Their sales above estimates, whatever. But their sales growth, I mean, it, it, it's come so far back down to earth. Their forward-looking numbers, uh, their guidance – um, implies a sales, de- not implies, it, it, it translates to a, a sales decline, an actual sales decline here. So uh, the EPS uh, and sales guidance were light across the board. Uh, they actually, I think they lost customers last quarter uh, in a certain segment of, of their of their base. They actually lost customers. So yeah, it's, it's brutal out there for Zoom. It really is. But again, good response to a not so great earnings report. And maybe it's gotten to a point where valuation has come far enough down that it's not crazy anymore. Um, I've challenged whether, you know, the competition's coming and, you know, whether earnings could actually start declining here. Um, so I'm not that interested in it. But I'll tell you, they hammered it on this number. Again, the news algo just pissing money away because it seems like it's wrong all the time. Maybe it's selective perception on my part, but they hammered this thing down to like 110 last night, Joel, and they bought it back within like five minutes was back in the mid 120s. And you know what? It's come back and it's down two bucks on a pretty crappy report. Not a bad response. Again, you're seeing the buy the dip mentality, especially in the beaten down growth names in tech. 
And that's what we're seeing here again. It even took Zscaler a couple of days, but eventually Zscaler dip got bought as well. So I'm going to say on the earnings reports, when you are seeing the dips, it seems like they're more buying opportunities than they were a week ago. You have this under, you have the money manager who maybe is a little bit underweighted those Kathy type names, and they're using the dip opportunities on the earnings reports to reload. And you can clearly see with Zscaler came back, Zoom bounced back quickly last night. That mentality and that FOMO in high growth tech is back. Okay, this is kind of scary because I'm agreeing with Triple D. And then Jay is agree. Uh, Spinner is agreeing with the both of us here. <laughs> too many um, people agreeing. Spinner yeah, is a great so trader too. This Jay is probably the greatest is. short in the I always entire, to Jay. He's always the entire world. Uh, but the pro- I'm, notwithstanding the price action in the pre market, you know, that, that's pretty silly. I'm looking at the upper right chart. And I know you guys tell me that there can't be like a head and shoulders bottom, but there are head and shoulders bottom. If this can hang in here for a couple days, you know, form a little bit more of a right shoulder, um, hold 125. The reason I'm throwing 125 out there is because that's halfway back of the move. Yeah. You know, I, I would be tempted. I would be tempted on that, you know, to to risk down to the low of the move. And I have not tried to call, even though I tried to call a top the whole way up, I've not tried to call a bottom in this one. Uh, but, you know, that's what I'm looking at here. And uh, I love Zoom and I pay for it. So I'm in a minority. But man, it's easy to use. I, I think a lot of people love the product. I think yeah. there's a lot of fans of, of Zoom out there, and I've used. My wife has. You know, she doesn't pay for it. We got the free one, but I mean, it's, it's a great product. I just think there's so much competition. That's yeah. why I've been scared of the competition. And that's what's kept me out of the stock, and that's what's kept you know obviously me from losing a lot of money being long in the stock. But at a certain point in time, it's bloody oversold, and maybe it's grown and it's fallen enough. The valuation isn't just nuts anymore. You know, maybe. And maybe they come out with another product. That's what they really need to do is come out with something else, monetize in a different way. Because I think there's going to be a challenge for anybody. You can see right now, I, I know, like I get the bloody th- email every other day. Oh, 50% off or 40% off just to upgrade. They're trying to get people to upgrade and pay, you know, really if, hard. And, if, and it's if tough. Zoom, if Zoom never comes back, and I don't know, maybe it will, but if it doesn't, I want that to be the death knell for the argument in 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 favor of a company where oh it, it, it's the company is now a verb as if that's as if good that enough. means something as if that means something oh google enough. is a verb it's part of the lexicon zoom is a verb it's no 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 i hate that argument it pisses me off. <laughs> right? I hate you don't that. like verbs i don't like verbs uh super spack me wants to know what dennis because you mentioned the, the the words good valuation what do you consider a, a good valuation is it a PE of like not below? below I, I like gro- I go with GARP. SMPs growth at a reasonable great. price. Always GARP. Growth at a reasonable price. I like some growth stuff. I just don't like to play nosebleed valuations. So for P- it. Zoom doesn't have the growth now. Though. So PE so is <laughs> below, below 40, I think. Is well, what it doesn't even, yeah, but it, it could be, you know, you've got to compare it, you know, go to your peg of one, you know, price earnings to growth. Yeah, you know, you've yeah. got to look at different things and different ratios. And yeah. I don't want to throw the CFA hat on and bore everybody here. But I try to find growth at a reasonable price or a stock that could eventually grow into the valuation. And, you know, in some cases, it's like I can't understand how that could ever grow into that valuation. And that's why, you know, I don't buy that in the long term portfolio. I've said before, I think Square could eventually grow. It's trading 50 times earnings still, maybe a little bit higher because it just had the ridiculous 30 percent pop. 
But, you know, on Long Square, I got long around 100 bucks because, like, you know what? I could see you the stuck potential. with it. I, well, I didn't really stick with it, Joel. I mean, I've been in it for two weeks. So, I mean, it's not really like it's been <laughs> a long-term holding it. it feels forever. like you've added in longer. Because every day feels like a year right now. <laughs> so much going on all the time. But I think it was a couple of weeks. Maybe it was a month. Maybe it's been a month since I've been in there. But, yeah, no. I, I, you know, I look at it, and there's growth, I feel like. And I feel like the price isn't crazy anymore. Do I want to pay 100 times for Square? No. Do I want to pay 50 times? Do I think, you know, the earnings continue to go? Do I believe in Dorsey? I'm a huge believer in Dorsey. I mean, I think, you know, he's done to have two companies, you know, and you can say what you want about Twitter, but to have two companies as successful as Twitter and Square have been, a guy is smart now, you know, and, and the same thing the argument for Musk, I mean, investing in Tesla has always been, you've got Elon Musk who is, you know, you know, unbelievable genius. So, you know, I, it, it, but you got to look. So story is one thing. A sexy story can carry a stock a long ways. And when the story is hot, valuation doesn't matter at all. Once a story gets cold, then you got to start looking at the valuation and you got to look at, you know, with the potential where, okay, is the, can this grow into this valuation? If it can, you know, maybe then, you know, you strike. And in some of these beaten down growth names, there's probably some opportunities there. Um, but you got to do your homework. And chat, I'd love your ideas as well. Dennis, um, I got a question for you. Do you have any um, English or British origin in your blood? Hungarian and Russian. Okay. That's me. Yeah, because you've Russian been using background. bloody. Yeah, my grandfather born in Russia. Yeah, he's, you, you use bloody a lot. He's bloody a lot now. Is use that where it's from Russia? Maybe that's from Russia. I don't know. I don't know um, where that's we're, from. We're coming back, folks. I mean, I don't know. But it wins was... again, Joel. Shocked. I mean, it, 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 I'm shocked. I'm not I, I said it to, I said, you know, market. we started rallying when I said is the is the forty one hundred, you know, the new you know, the new twenty two hundred, and then Ryan Dietrich comes on. And uh, and here we are, unchanged, unbelievable. What a what a rally back! I'm still we're still trying to get green here, but nice pre market rally. Uh, and then just to do put a, put a bow on the earnings here, let's just do buy do real fast. They reported okay. this morning EPS beat, sales beat, stock is higher, Ooh, nice. very nicely higher. Buy do wow, <sighs> nice pop, man. Just been shopping these Chinese stocks. Oh. Buy do Baba JD chop fast. Buying dips, selling rips, working like crazy. I keep playing that game until it doesn't work anymore. We're not yet at the pre-market high, and that's really um, – we got a little confluence here with that pre-market high. 165.40 is your pre-market high. I just – I just you know, obviously gaps are not as important in this. Right here, 163.28, that was uh, the high that I'm pointing to right here. And uh, if you want a little bit more – I mean, the, I mean, this is just, it's gaps, or this is not nearly as relevant, but you do have a gap to fill up to 164.59. So we'll see what happens in Baidu. It's traded 172,000 shares. All right. Uh, do some ticker time here. Quebec in the chat a while ago asked about Scott's Miracle Grow SMG, which I have not looked at that for quite some time. Oh, it's come down a lot. Um, it has, and and again, this is this is the cannabis, but it's also like they have a they have a business, they have other they have other stuff going on. It's not just a cannabis play. Yeah, you know, they got the fertilizer. I think valuation could be. I think I could actually like this stock. Um, I looked at this. I had this for a bet, and I sold it. I don't remember when I sold it. I and it was a good trade. It was a good trade. I had it like a first swing trade, and it was a good one. Um, it's it's up from the lows. Though, and you look, and we're one twenty six now. One forty. You'd like a 50% retracement back to like the 134, 135 area. Yeah, but I feel like valuation is reasonable on this one. 
What, what's the PE on this? Oh, good question. I think I I, I looked at yeah. it before, and I, that's why I'm saying Andy I think it's in the teens. Benzinga Pro says forward PE of 16, very reasonable. Very price reasonable. Is, price to sales of 1.6, also reasonable. A little bit of growth. I, I like Scott's Miracle Grow. I like the stock. Oh, yeah. If you, I don't like to chase, but I think we've come far enough. We're two hundred and fifty dollars to one forty. Mm-hmm. I think this is the kind of stock that works. I mean, I think the valuation is reasonable. Again, I like pullbacks. I don't like buying on rips, so I'd like a little pullback here. But I think it's reasonable. I think the stock could be higher fifty-two weeks. Ago. I'll go with you on that one too. I mean, oh, on the same side again. Is little, Jay on the little, same side too? Then we got a little bit of a pullback here. Nice. Um, on this run, it looks like you got a little room. You know, if you want, if you're just trying to ride this thing out, one forty-four and a half, one forty-five. Um, not any super major resistance, but that's what I'd be looking for next oh, on the yeah. upside. All right, just wanted to state really quickly: this is running with all agricultural inputs. I'll show you guys a chart right quick. Look at this. Relationships. I like this much. I like learning new relationships. So other stocks you guys can be watching. NTR. CTVA. That's been crazy though. MOS. and Mosaic are just been in monster mode. CF. FMC. And of course, SMG, a part of these stocks. Why is SMG lagged so much? SMC. Well, like it's, got, it's got the pod. I don't know. I don't know. Why has SMG lagged so much? That's my concern because you have seen NTR. Holy. Look at NTR. Look at that. 75, 86 wow. Canadian company. Wow. I believe Nutrients wow. Canadian. I think it is. What about, is Potash around anymore? No. It's off the board. I think I actually got taken private if I remember right. But that's just my goldfish memory, so I might be wrong. Wow. No. Look at those things. Holy macro. Big run. Big run. Anyway, all right. It is nine o'clock. So here's wow, the, that was fun. That was a fast hour. Time flies when you're having fun. Joel is going over to premarketprep.com or premarketprep plus. I'm gonna cover a bunch of symbols and uh I hope you all have a bloody good day. <laughs> bloody good day. <laughs> I hope you all have a yeah, bloody stop, good day. Let's too. just stop saying that word for now. It doesn't yeah. sound that good, yeah. It doesn't sound that good in the case. I don't know where the origin of that is. I don't know either. Uh, we're going to end this stream and go over to live trading with Benzinga, Ryan's Unite, and Mitch uh, live on YouTube.com slash Benzinga. Uh, so this stream will end and redirect straight to that stream. Actually, let, let, let me confirm the redirect is set before I, I end with you all. Um, while I do that, I want to mention that all the information from today's show, from every day's show, frankly, all of our shows meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Thanks to our guest, Ryan Dietrich. Thanks to all of you in our chats. Thanks to all of you watching on other platforms. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitch. We're live on Twitter. We're live on Facebook. Yeah, and we're even live on LinkedIn. Can you believe it? So shout out to everybody watching on all those platforms. Guys, check out Benzinga Pro. Free two-week trial at pro.benzinga.com or Check out the link in the description to get a 25% off discount. Benzinga Pro. Last thing, if you want to become a member of Benzinga's YouTube, check it out. It's on the homepage of our of our YouTube page. That, that join button gives you access to exclusive emojis and badges. So check it out there. That's a wrap for me. We're done. Pre-market prep is over. Live trading is next. We'll see you guys after the open. Everyone, good luck, good luck out there and uh, stay green. Thank you.
With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details.